2: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Bree Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Champs. Yeah, so we got the heat
3: warning in effect. 27 degrees, or as they call it in Florida, cool. 2015, went to Florida for the NHL draft. The Oilers had the first overall pick, took a young man by the name of Connor McDavid. You've probably heard of him. That was the hottest weather I've ever been in. Now, I have not uh, been anywhere tropical. I've been I've actually never been outside of North America. I've never I've never been outside of Canada or the United States. I've been many places in the United States for various reasons. Makes it sound nefarious. <laughs> oh, for various reasons. I traveled to the United States. I can't disclose them. Uh but anyway, so the draft was in Sunrise, Florida. I stayed in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So basically you got Fort Lauderdale just north of Miami, and sunrise was just west of Fort Lauderdale, so northwest of Miami. And the temperature for the few days, I, what was I there? Probably Wednesday to Sunday. I believe the daytime high was between 36 and 38. And the lowest overnight low was 29. So how hot it is now in Edmonton, at 7.07 p.m. on Thursday night, where it's 27. That, it was never that cool the whole time I was, I was in Florida and incredibly muggy. And I'm sure like most of you who have lived on the prairies all or most of your life as I have, well, I was born in Ontario, but moved to Alberta when I was one. So, I mean, I have no memory of living there. Uh, It was, it was incredibly uncomfortable, very muggy. The air conditioning is going inside the building the whole time And it has the reverse effect of what happens in the winter. You know, in the winter in Edmonton, it's cold outside. You go into the house and your glasses fog up. Well, it was the opposite there. You go from the cool air conditioning, you step outside, and you get mist on your glasses. Like, not to the point where you couldn't see, but to the point where the first time I was like, what's going on? Why why is my vision all of a sudden clouded? So very muggy. Uh, I went for a couple of short runs while I was there. Like, I only did about 5K. Couple of times, and one time I got a headache because it, it was so muggy, my body was like, What's going on? Why are you running in this condition? And then, well, the other time I think I just got incredibly tired, and you're just soaking wet actually. So, anyway, I know somebody just uh, texting in that uh, they ran outside in Edmonton today and are still feeling dehydrated. That's the thing when you run in the heat. You're consuming water or whatever your beverage of choice is for the rest of the day. Did the uh, Canada Day Road race on the weekend, Kellen Kennedy was talking briefly about that with Jalen and Andrew the other
2: day. I saw uh, the picture on your Instagram. You won a watermelon. I well <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. I didn't exactly I love how you phrase that, Kellen. There you go.
2: Uh Was it the whole melon or just part of the melon? Yeah, I got
3: a melon slice. Ah, I I, I like how you try to pump me up by saying I want a watermelon slice. (laughs) I walked over to the table that had dozens of available free watermelon slices. I just just put that up there and I, I tweeted David Staples from the Edmonton Journal. About five years ago, he wrote a rant blog about how kids get juice boxes and orange slices at halftime of soccer games right and when he was a kid he yeah. didn't you didn't have to eat during the game it was expected that you you know you, mm. you weren't you didn't need to be re- rewarded at halftime right so I jokingly put I ran 15k just to get a watermelon slice not exactly the case though I did put uh, I did <laughs> I, I did put that picture on Instagram but that's that's a great yeah. event a lot of fun it was fairly I mean we started at seven thirty but it that it was still a fairly hot run uh, back on back on Saturday, but not as bad as as it would be running right like if you went out for a run right now as I'm sure people are after supper after work uh, but i I like running in the morning because mm. you miss most of the heat. And you get it done for the day, gets you energized for the rest now, of the day. Now,
2: do you prepare any differently for a hot weather run than you would for say a run in the fall or in the early spring? No.
3: No. Okay. My running preparation involves changing into my running clothes and shoes. Regardless. So nothing beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a very technical runner. Oh, okay. as you probably guessed there, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot of it's not a lot of pre running. Well, i you know, if yeah. you're doing different no, stretches get, I, or I, I eating changed, something. Or... No, I get changed into my running clothes and I go. Oh, okay. I take water with me, but yeah. Oh, I, I appreciate that you... I had you to know, ask that,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, Anyway. Uh, Nui says, I did an Ironman triathlon two years ago. The high temperature was 46 Celsius. It was disgusting. Nui, if you can text back... Or call, where was that? It c- it couldn't have been in Alberta. I don't think no. we've ever hit 46. No.
2: I think the hottest I've ever been in my travels, in my life, and that stuff was like the California desert between Sacramento and Bakersfield on family holiday one summer, and it got up to plus 40. That's what it was in the, in the, what they call the Kern Valley in uh, Bakersfield. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not, you weren't too far out of LA then? No, no. 40 Celsius. Were you uncomfortable? It's a dry heat, though, in California. It's a dry heat. It's a yeah. dry heat. Yeah, spent most, <laughs> most of the day in the pool at the RV park there that day, so didn't really do much. So, uh, DY texting in, Reed, why do
3: all the radio guys always say Connor McDavid? Why not just McDavid? Is it in case us simple fans forget who he is? Uh, well, not all the simple fans, DY, just you specifically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I love you, buddy. Uh, I don't know. I, te- I, I try to say the full name sometimes, but not all the time. I think I sometimes just say McDavid, but if I haven't used it in a while or, or am introducing the topic, I'll try to say both names. Newey says it got up to 46 in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So really not that far away. Man. Uh, yeah, it gets hot in Spokane, Coeur d'Alene, that area. Nui, I appreciate that text. Glad you made it through, and that's cool you're doing triathlons. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Darren on the line. Good evening, Darren. Hey, Reed. How you doing? I'm doing uh, quite well. Before right we on. get to your topic, hey, what is hey, the hey, hottest temperature you have survived? Uh,
0: Sammy's gone. That's you know it is what it is. Darren, but, uh, wait.
3: I have a question for you. Okay, ask, be- me, ask be- me. Before you get to Jamaica, <laughs> what's the hottest temperature you've endured?
0: Oh man, in the thirties, maybe medium 30s, high
3: 30s? Never over 40, yeah, that'd no, be tough. No, right.
0: no, S- Sorry, go ahead. But No worries, no worries. But anyway, I was talking, there was a, a show of Gronkowski, he, he was CBC, and uh, had Gretzky and his dad on it. And they were talking, and, you know, they went over Gretzky and all that, right, and they were talking about fights. And I remember they asked him, how many fights? And Grinkowski, same as me, I thought there was only two, and Gretzky says, uh, no, there's actually three. And he says, his, his one fight that there were, no one knew about. He says it was in Chicago Stadium, and he said this guy was pestering, I was probably 81, 82, and he says he was all over him, just really, really pissing Gretzky off, right? And okay. Gretzky says "At middle and center. He says, okay, let's go. And uh, he says, I look good and all that. And he says, next thing I know, the guy just dive-bombed me, knocked me to the ice, had his fist clenched, ready, he says, if you don't move, I won't hit you." Right? And okay. of course, because Sammy's on the bench. Yeah. Gretzky figured, oh, that's a good deal. Gretz was skating over the bench. Sammy just stood up. Gretz went right over to Sam, and he says, "Look, don't touch him. If you touch him, I won't talk to you again." That's a true story from from the show, but uh, anyway, it was just one of the things. But just one more thing, one more thing, Reed. I just want to tell you a little, little story about uh, Joy Moss Sure, back in the day, uh, Lyle Kulchinski, they nicknamed Sparky, he, he did some work with the oilers there, and uh, he's the babysitter, Joey. And uh, this is early, early years, too, eh? and he always wanted to sing the anthem. So I just want to make sure everyone knows for trivia that he actually laid out the red carpet, uh, did all that. I remember the security came around because two of the rink rats, Brian and Colin, that I know way back then, they helped him roll the carpet. They let him belt it. He belted that national. He, you know he misses quite a few lines, right? But, but I mean, at the end of the day, he did that, and I'm just thinking, wow, you know, just to go on. And then, and then another time, we actually took him out. We went. We figured at the end of the day, there was a lot Sparky. There was about six of us. We went for a beer at the forum. Joey's there. He's babysitting the May. Eh? you know we sat there had our beer watched the dance and that was it that's a true story this is this is all his life awesome daren yeah so cool, anyway. buddy. Love the
3: show, bro, and, uh, yeah, I just figured I had to thanks. let you know about that. Thank you. Appreciate the call, 780-496-0063. This is cool. Every, we always joke people are good at talking about the weather. Everybody's texting in the hottest weather they've been in. Uh, D.Y. wrote back, and thanks for letting me uh, have fun with you there, D.Y. He goes, I'll take heat over humidity any day. I was in Greece. It was up to 40, way too hot. The humidity destroys me. Uh, Jr says I-, I was at 112 Fahrenheit in the shade in... Colorado Uh, it set records I double check that that's 44 Celsius somebody says they golfed in Drumheller it got up to 43 in 2010 it does get hot in that part of the world for sure Doug 44 at the Hoover Dam in June I was windy I thought it would be okay lol it was like being in a convection oven Somebody else says they were whitewater rafting on the Fraser River, and it was 42. And how about this one? This texture says, I used to work in the Middle East. 56 was the hottest. The sand got up to 65. My goodness, that just sounds dangerous. Art online, too. Go ahead, Art.
4: How are you, Reid?
3: I'm doing great. What's on your mind?
4: I just wanted to comment on that uh, last caller. He said uh, that fight in Chicago with Gretz. It was actually uh, a local guy from Edmonton that fought him. Uh, he's a local golf pro, and uh, he was a good hockey player. and It's uh, Doug Lacure. Oh, really? Yeah, I asked Doug about that, and uh, he said uh, Gretzky was was hanging on, and he said just don't do anything because I don't want Sammy to kill me.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I anyway, you know I I don't I remember uh, I remember Gretzky fought who did he fight for Minnesota. Was it one of the Broughton's? Was it yeah, Neil Broughton? Yeah, you're Broughten? right. Yeah, I don't remember the one you guys are talking about. I was I was pretty little, but, yeah, that's a uh, pretty special time for the city for sure. Art, thanks a lot for calling, man.
4: One more quick comment. Yeah. Golfed in Thailand, and it was 38 degrees with 100% humidity. Oh. And, uh <laughs> Jeez. I'd go through about 18 bottles of water and wouldn't have to go to the washroom once.
3: Yeah, I, I bet. How Do you remember how you played? You must have been collapsing on the last four holes.
4: Uh, no, it was a lot of fun. There used to be a pro-am there all the time that uh, that was a lot of fun put on by a local Edmontonian, so it was
3: good. You'll have to uh, let me know how to get in touch with Doug. Maybe he'd be a good guest.
4: Yeah, give him a call at uh, Lewis Estates.
3: Oh, he's out in he, Lewis. Uh, okay, perfect.
4: He hangs his hat there a little bit. Thanks, Art. You bet.
3: All right, 7804960063. Hey, we're going to bring Alan Watt onto the show from the Eskimos when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton
0: Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right,
3: 720. I got to say, the, the best thing about hosting a talk show is just interacting with all of you, and you never know what topic is going to take off, and we, Kellen and I just kind of started BSing about uh, the heat in the the city Mm -hmm. and uh, places we've been where it's hot, and the text line, and we got calls too, the text line is now filling up with uh, the hottest temperatures people have endured. Uh, I'm just going to read a couple here. Adam says he was at, is it Ayers Rock in Australia? The Big Rock, am I saying that right? Yeah. 45 uh, at the base of it. Um... This texter, uh says, I was in Amman, Jordan, 46 and a half degrees in May. No humidity. Felt like 30 here. While Stealth says, I didn't know what a wet heat was until I visited Rome in the summer. 46 Celsius, 96% humidity in mid-July. Uh, wow, there are some uh, good ones here. How many okay, shirts would you go
2: through on a day like
3: that? <laughs> here's like Leonard.
0: Eight.
3: Sorry, Kelly. Here, Leonard says, I was working in Saudi Arabia. The temperature was 66 Celsius in the day. The overnight low was 51. It was brutal. Well, brutal is uh, one word I can use to describe that. Alan Watt is on the line, Vice President of Communications and Marketing with the Edmonton Eskimos. Alan, thanks a lot for joining me tonight, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing
5: great things. Yeah. Some of those places you've talked about I've been in, not the not the Gulf states, but the California, Sacramento, Boca Raton, Fort Lauderdale and you're right, us guys that wear glasses. You <laughs> go from the air conditioning outside and your glasses fog up.
3: No, you so- it's,
5: it's unbelievable how hot and humid it can be and, and people function and and uh, just like we do when it's when it's cold here. We we have all the systems in place, we have all the clothes and we all have mental tools at our disposal to get through it.
3: Well, you're absolutely right. We just whatever you get used to, and we always joke with that cities, you know, in other areas that, that shut down and nobody drives when there's like half an inch of snow, right? Because they did, yeah. Did a, the,
5: yeah. A Darius Bowman tells this story about uh, going to Saskatchewan and 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 uh, it it snowed, and uh, he didn't go to practice. He got a phone call from the quarterback. He said, "Where are you, buddy?" He, he said. Well, I'm at home because where I come from, when it snows, everything stops. Nobody goes out.
3: <laughs> right. So he oh, just assumed that everything. was it.
5: <laughs> Man, it's like two inches of snow in Regina, buddy. You got to get here now. Yeah. Anyway,
3: no, no and kidding. And the way
5: Adarius, of course, tells it with a, that great big smile is, you got to laugh.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Alan, you've worked for the, and we want to talk about the 50-50 and some other stuff as well, yeah. but you you have worked for the Oilers in the past and uh, said farewell to Dave Semenko today with a celebration of life and uh, huge, huge man, huge personality, positive energy guy. Uh, you must have enjoyed your interactions with them.
5: Oh, did I ever? I, I, You know, Reed. I'm the luckiest boy from Bonnie Dune there's ever been. Um I can I can I can honestly say that down the hallway when I worked at at the Oilers, uh, you know, I bumped into and I did today to Kevin Lowe and Craig McTavish and for sure Dave Semenko when he was around, uh, when he wasn't scouting and and when he was around it was a pleasure to have him around. He he was really something and that that uh, function today was done so well with uh, Dave's family in mind with fans in mind and i know kevin lowe addressed the fans specifically and then all of the sort of others alumni friends people who flew it was just real the music uh, everything was done extremely well but as to your point yes i did have the privilege of knowing him i played golf with him a couple of times and saw him at other functions of course at hockey games he was a he was a, a great big guy and he was a great guy
3: Absolutely, and so many, so many great stories, Alan. I'm glad to have you on the show, and I, I'm gonna th- throw a curveball at you here. It's not gonna be all softballs, because someone <laughs> texted it, in just as you came on, and I know if I don't ask this question, I'm gonna get. Well, you had the guy on the phone. Why didn't you ask? Yeah. Sure. And I, I, I could answer it myself, but you're here, so I'm gonna read it. It's a texture from Vegreville, and they do text the show regularly, so I want to respect it and read it. Uh, this person says, Why are there all these Friday night Eskimos games? How do they expect to grow the league to younger viewers when the main focus is 8 p.m. Friday night games uh, and beer sales on the Canada Day long weekend? Why can't you have a special family day uh, on a Saturday where are all the afternoon games? Well, I'll start by saying to this texture, first of all, almost every Eskimos game in the fall, home and away, is on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, uh, let's remember that. Uh, I, but, but sometimes people say, man, why are there the Friday night, uh, Friday night games? Is that purely uh, the, eight, the 8 o'clock game specifically? Is that purely TV, or what, what's happening with some of those?
5: Well, most of it is TV. You know, our biggest partner is uh, TSN, and we cash as a league the biggest check from TSN. So they get a voice. And when you're playing a doubleheader, uh, you know they try and start the eastern part of it as early part of it as early as they can, and that uh, and that leaves you with having to have a 7:30 or an 8 o'clock start time. And you know, I mean, I've also had people say, uh, "I understand TSN has five networks. Why can't they split them up?" And that's a valid question. But TSN says we need to make our money back, and and that's why we 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 have them back to back. So. You know, and and when you're scheduling, and I've worked on schedules in the Canadian Football League and in the National Hockey League, you're just trying to make everybody a little bit happy and a little bit unhappy because you can't make everyone perfectly happy.
3: Yeah, you can't.
5: It's impossible. Um, I will say this that that the crowd that we had at the last game for a Friday night start, a Friday night uh, game at an eight o'clock start time, we had more people in the stadium earlier than I can ever recall. Uh, in my last three or four years and um, we had a crowd that was I have to be honest with you as well was greater than we thought it was going to be so I think that on the Friday of a long weekend you would say why would you do that because I'm going to the lake or I'm going here or I'm going camping but our city's over a million now and let's just say that there's 200,000 people that leave town that still leaves us with 800,000 people looking for something to do on a Friday night at five, six, seven, eight o'clock at night.
3: That's a great. So we
5: yeah. We try and stage things for everyone, try and facilitate everyone. But as I said before, you know, I, I know this. It sounds like I'm blowing smoke. I'm not. We're just, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to schedule uh, as many games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday as we can, trying to make everybody as as happy as we can, knowing we can't please everyone.
3: Yeah, and I I mean, not only am I a broadcaster, I've been a season ticket holder with the Eskimos since 1997, and I know if you put games Saturday at 1, people say, well, that's when my kid plays his Hockey or that's the, when or, work. Or that's when I work, or that's when I go out of town. So, unfortunately, there, there's always going to be be conflicts. All right, before I let you go, uh, you guys nailed down the 50-50 jackpot for the Friday, July 14th game. <laughs> the carryover is going to be eighty two grand. It's going to get huge, man. <laughs> Isn't that something?
5: A, that somewhere uh, in a pair of, uh, of uh, Levi's or Wrangler's, <laughs> there might be a ticket that was $82,000. Um, but on the other hand there's a carryover. Uh, people love that stuff they uh, they know that uh, that the pot's going to be the take home pot and that, you know, in other cities the, the numbers they put on their scoreboards and elsewhere is the, is the total pot and you got to do the math and divide it in half we put up what you take home and so I think when we open the doors at 7 o'clock uh, next Friday night uh, the people will and I hope they get there early you know, I mean, don't I would, I would say, based off our experience the last time, don't expect to get there just before the anthem and then swing by and get a, a, a couple of beverages and a hot dog or hamburger and a couple of 50-50 tickets. You know, get there, plan to get there a little bit. Do yourself a favor. Get there 15, 20 minutes, half an hour early if you can.
3: Great advice, and we'll talk more about that uh, next week as well. Alan, thanks for coming on tonight. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show.
5: Thank you, Reed, and you know I should say, as someone's been a seasoned seat holder from since 1997, you're now considered a premium customer. So uh, thank you.
3: Oh, no problem. Talk to you again soon. <laughs> Alan Watt checking in, vice president of marketing and communications for your Edmonton Eskimos. When we get back, we will meet a young woman who walked across the country. Inside Sports on Chet. <laughs>
2: this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad. All right, thanks
3: for
2: tuning in tonight.
3: CFL, we got a low-scoring game in Montreal, six-six between the Lions and the Alouettes. I think Montreal is going to play a lot of low-scoring games this season, though. BC kicking here. Uh, I don't know if that's going to count or not. There, so I think it's through nine-six now for the Lions. Late in the third quarter. Baseball tonight. Blue Jays taking it to the Astros up 7-2. That game now in the seventh inning. Brick Invitational. Tough loss for Team Brick. Alberta 5-2 to the BC Junior Canucks. They fall to 1-3 and 1 in the tournament. short Park's Mark Pesic re-signing for three years with the Florida Panthers. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Special guest in studio Sarah Jackson joining us tonight. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for making time to come in. You have an incredible story that uh, I think our listeners are going to love to get to know here, you. And this is when I'm saying this; it's not an exaggeration. You walked across the country.
1: I did, yeah. I uh, started in Victoria, VC, and I finished off in Cape Spear, Newfoundland.
3: So, how many kilometers was that?
1: Uh, Eleven thousand six hundred.
3: Okay, 11, I'm on the trail, r- yeah. Eleven thousand six hundred. About. And it was, <laughs> and so, okay, so on the trail. So, what, what was your path?
1: Yeah, so I was following the Great Trail, mm-hmm. um, which essentially is kind of like a series of interconnection regional trails all, the, all across the country. Um, it's due to be connected by the end of this year. Um, it was about 80% connected when I set out, but um, they've made a lot of progress, so.
3: Okay, so yeah. what, what did you do on the parts that weren't connected?
1: Um, it, it was easy enough, I think, to take side roads and, and things like that. Sometimes there were alternate routes, um, even that, they, that the trail suggested. Um, they have a handy app that I used near the end and it was, it was really great.
3: Okay, so you start, you went west to east.
1: Uh, yeah, I did, yeah.
3: All right, sorry, what was, what was the time frame again?
1: So I started in uh, 2015, in June. June and
3: 2015,
1: okay. I finished on the 1st of June, 2017.
3: So it took you about, so you it just finished last month. I just finished, yeah. Just a little over a month ago. Okay, so that's incredible. Uh, how much would you walk in a day?
1: It, it really varied, anywhere from 20 to 60 plus kilometers. Um, so it depending, it kind of It changed, too, over the course of the time I spent walking. I I wasn't going as far in a day at the start. Okay. Um, Near the end, I was probably averaging 45-plus kilometers coming through Newfoundland. I think if I'd walked the whole trail the way I walked Newfoundland of it, I'd have finished in a year instead of in two.
3: Well, I just... Now I don't know why I had you on. You're Ah. so lazy about it. (laughs) No, but seriously. uh, (laughs) All right. So were you... uh, Did you have like a, somebody with you in a vehicle to make sure you were okay? Were you alone a lot of the time? Like, how, What happened?
1: I didn't have a support vehicle. Um, I carried all of my gear on my back, um, kind of my tent, my, my sleeping bag, my stove, all of that. Um, I did walk with a lot of folks along the way. I had friends and family join and then sometimes strangers too. Um, I, I think I only did about a total of two months all all alone. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I was really lucky. I got to, got to walk with a lot of different people.
3: What part of your body hurt the most? My
1: feet. Um, my feet, definitely, yeah. I think everything from like blisters to different issues that would pop up along the way, but um, lots of physio and chiropractor
3: appointments. How many pairs <laughs> of shoes did you go through, or boots, um, or whatever you were wearing?
1: I think I was on pair seven at the very end. Um, we wore through quite a few.
3: <laughs> All right, but I mean, so the feet hurt. Uh, what about calves, thighs, hips, stuff like that?
1: Um, My knees. Yeah, my my knees. I'll have to have someone take a look at them. I think coming up here, I am uh, having some like residual <laughs> residual pain. I think so.
3: All right, Sarah Jackson joining us on Inside Sports. You just heard she it took her two years to walk eleven thousand six hundred kilometers across Canada, west to east. So the big question here is why? Why did you do this?
1: I think really um, kind of for the sake of for the sake of doing it to see the country in a different kind of a way. Um, I'd been interested in the idea of a distance hike, of the whole distance trekking thing, for a long time. My uncle walked the Camino de Santiago when I was quite young, and that was something that stuck with me. I think it planted a bit of a seed. Um, and then I was in school and kind of in the process of, of wrapping up, and um, wanted to take some time before jumping into, into real life, I guess, okay. I don't know, or something. And um, yeah, I, I spent a year and a half saving money and looked into a few different trails in the States, um, but as soon as I found the Great Trail, I knew that was what I was interested in doing.
3: Now, how many people have completed what you have completed? Are you the first, or what's the no, story? So
1: there's there's one man who walked, uh, his name is Dana, um, and he did it, I think, over over six years he did the, the west to east, or east to west bit um and he did six months at a time sort of deal okay and then he's also done the northern the northern bit now there's a northern loop of the trail too um but to my knowledge and i think to the knowledge of the folks at the trail i'm the first uh woman to have walked the 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 distance amazing (laughs) wow
3: so when you're so you were out there you're doing you said anywhere from what 20 to 60 a day usually about around 45 at the end so would you always camp like you didn't you said you didn't have a support vehicle so are you camping the whole way what sometimes would you get a hotel when you're near Edmonton would you come (laughs) back and sleep and then go back to where you left off or how did it go
1: yeah occasionally I um I went into most nights expecting to be in my tent okay um but that being said I did meet a lot of people along the way and I had so many invites in um people were really kind in that way um and then sometimes like word of mouth gets along and, and you'll have folks kind of down the road offering you a place as well. So I, it, it was a grab bag of, um, of tenting and then also invites in. And sometimes depending on who I had walking with me, um, my dad walked with me for a while and oh, got nice. a couple of hotels.
3: <laughs> okay, well, I wanted to ask you that, that because it's great you met people yeah. and, and they walked with you or, or put you up or helped you with that. But I still, to me, this still sounds like a very lonely and <laughs> yeah. isolating in Denver endeavor. Did you ever feel that way?
1: Um, you know, I didn't feel... I don't I, I, like. I struggle to look back and kind of remember what I felt like at the start. If I felt lonely, I, I mean, the aloneness I definitely felt, but I don't think I felt lonely when I was um, when I was in the outdoors. You know, um, I think. I think maybe sometimes passing through bigger urban areas and things like that, when when everyone has their people and and you're by yourself, then then I feel it. But um, interesting. But in the wild, I don't I don't feel it at all.
3: Okay. Did you see a lot of wild animals?
1: Um, I, I saw some, <laughs> not as many as I expected. I think they hear me coming, but I, I definitely saw like probably somewhere between 10 and 15 bears and um, like lots so. How lots were of deer you ever really like afraid
3: that. for your safety, whether it was from an animal, fatigue? Mm. Uh, isolation,
1: not not from animals, um, nothing like that. I had I had bear spray with me too, just as kind mm-hmm. of an added precaution, of course, um, and, I, and a little lo- locator beacon on me, so I knew if anything really went kind of went sour, I could push a button and have a rescue. Okay. Um, and I think otherwise, for the most part, I felt I felt generally okay. I think maybe for those reasons, um, I'd try and take everything like a day at a time, and and not worry too much about other stresses. So.
3: What time in the morning would you usually start?
1: Uh, that that really varied. That'd it vary. depended okay. seasonally, I think. Right. Um, in the summertime, when the sun's beating down on my tent, it's easier to get up and get going. Sure. Um, in the wintertime, though, I, when the coldest point is kind of the sunrise in the morning, I didn't want to be walking at that point, so I'd usually I'd wait around until... For a couple hours, something like that. Well, well sorry,
3: we were talking about temperature in yeah. the show in the last half hour. So, what's the what was the worst weather and what was the hottest weather? Um, well, by worst I worst, implied cold, I mean though cold. the heat could have been the worst. <laughs> yeah,
1: so. the heat was hard. Um, I the year I started walking, um, 2015 had a lot of forest fires through BC. Right. Um, it was a really hot year, so I, there was a stretch that. I was walking I think in like 35 40 degree weather all the time and that was that was a huge challenge. Um, I actually got I got smoked out of some areas because of the fires and had to kind of hitch ride out and then hitch ride back to co- make sure I was covering those same kilometers. So that was a challenge. Okay. Um, the coldest um, I had a couple of nights sleeping in minus 35 like minus, 30, minus 35 weather, yeah, and not not often. I mean, I was lucky that last year was El Nino and this year.
3: Okay, so what did like your fa- your parents think of this? I don't, <laughs> don't know if you have siblings, but yeah, you, you have people that love you. I'm sure. Like, what did <laughs> yeah, were they ever like? Can you just not put yourself at at risk and through this or? <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I think they thought I was like absolutely out of my mind at the start, <laughs> but. Um, I don't. I don't think my dad believed me when I when I said I would set out. I, I moved back in with them for for the last month to to save money, um, and it wasn't until the last I think two weeks that I told him I was booking a bus ticket out to the west coast, and he, he sort of like what what for? He, so he didn't he didn't believe me coming into it. Um, my mom believed me uh-huh. from the start, but um, I'd wake up after moving in, and there'd be new articles on my desk about bear and cougar attacks in the areas that I'd be walking oh, through. She was definitely t- trying to deter me, but. Uh, They've been incredibly supportive since, I think.
3: So it took two years. Did you have a time frame you wanted to finish it in?
1: Um, no. <laughs> Not, no. I, I actually didn't know I'd do the whole thing. Um, oh,
3: it wasn't necessarily a whole thing at, at the, the beginning. Start,
1: no, I, I figured I would I would carry on hiking for as long as I was enjoying it, and I kept enjoying it, so I okay.
3: kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever consider quitting?
1: Um, no.
3: Or delaying?
1: Um,
3: No. <laughs> Cause you pretty much—we were talking off air. You pretty much, except for breaks at Christmas.
1: Yeah, I, I was. And you
3: pretty much just kept going the whole of, time.
1: Yeah, home incrementally, but now not really. Um, no, yeah, I think there was there was definitely. I think the second Christmas going back, I was um, maybe not quite as eager as, as the first one to, to jump back into my tent in the cold. But um, by the end of it, the last month or so, I was I was not wanting it to end again so yeah for the most part I think I didn't really have any feelings
3: like that all right Sarah Jackson joining us on Insight Sports she walked across Canada 11,600 kilometers over two years uh what about laundry uh, I mean these are practical yeah, things yeah, no, I think are. of yeah
1: good. <laughs> That's good I um I wash clothes sometimes in streams and things like that or sometimes um like passing through towns and, and uh, there'd be a laundromat or something like that or um or again if someone would invite me in
3: okay um so you got a lot of help i got a lot of help yeah this is this is this is amazing what what you went through and you're just talking about it like it's the most normal thing in the world (laughs) like yeah well don't all your guests walk across a nation read it's no big deal what did you do when you finished
1: um you know i had a lot of friends and family fly out for for the last little bit my um both my grandmothers came out and my my great aunt walked with me for, I think she walked 100 kilometers all in All from Edmonton week. or yeah, area? Uh, yeah. well, some from BC, Okay, a, f- a few people from all around, I, a woman I met in Ontario came out as well, or a couple of women I met in Ontario came out, so I celebrated in that way I guess. For so the you had people stretch.
3: finish with you?
1: I had some people finish with me, yeah, and that was...
3: Sorry, what was, what was really the nice. finishing point again?
1: Um, well, so the finishing point where I, where I left off was in Cape Spear, which is the kind of easternmost point. Um, but that, the trail had just been extended there, I think, in the last few days of my walking. Okay. So I didn't know it was going to be my finishing point. So I'd actually planned on St. John's, and that's where everyone walked to me. Like, and then you were like, too. oh, there's yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I, I got a phone call a couple days
3: That's darkly me. comedic. <laughs> yeah, it's <was> kind of funny. <laughs> All right. So uh, what did you like? So people can't see uh, Sarah. You're, you're 25. Yes. You're, you look like you're in pretty good shape, you know, like you're you're thin and you look athletic. But did you look that way? At the start? Uh, i the sorry. I'm not phrasing this well. But you know what I mean. Like, did your body yeah. change and stuff?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, my, I mean, it's changed back now a little bit too, though. But it's not even a month of being home. Um, I, I think I leaned out my calves, gained a lot of muscle, um, and things like that. I, I was active before I set out, but sure. I wasn't. Like you mentioned, you um, played,
3: you've played soccer, and played you like sports. I yeah. grew up
1: skiing and things like that. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, there's nothing that compares. And and I think my body's kind of suffering a little bit going through a bit of withdrawal right now. There's nothing that can compare to walking, you know, eight to ten hours a day (laughs) with a heavy (laughs)
3: bag. What's the longest break you took without walking during the two years? The long, um, when you were home for Christmas, would have been maybe a week or so. Uh, longer, longer than that. A little bit yeah, longer yeah, than yeah. that. Okay. I was home three and a half weeks. Okay, weeks, so you yeah. so you had a bit of a break during it, but yeah. still, now you're at the point where you would have been back. You would have been back walking. Yeah. yeah. So do you miss it?
1: So oh yeah, every day. Really? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I um, I'm definitely going through withdrawal. I am working right now. Um, I'm landscaping. I'm on the grounds crew at the U of A, so I get to I get to work outside. So okay. that's been great, but um. But other than that, I yeah, know oh my gosh, I uh, it would go back in a heartbeat.
3: This is. Can you stick around till the end of the show? Yeah. If yeah, if you have any questions or, or or comments for Sarah, by the way, shoot us a text at six thirty six thirty. Uh, actually, somebody texted in a question. I'll get to when we get back. Uh, Sarah Jackson. She walked across the entire country, folks. Inside sports <laughs> on Chet. This is
0: J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat.
3: Well, unfortunately, J.C. Sherrod out for the season. Eskimos on a bye week. John White out for the year as well. The Eskimos have signed Kendall Lawrence to help with the running back position. He was here during training camp. He was uh, cut and then is now back. All right. So Sarah is in studio with us. Sarah Jackson. You first of all, how do people follow you on your? You got a website and stuff. Yeah. Oh, wait, let, me, let me put your mic on. How ignorant of me. <laughs> no,
1: good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you can follow me anywhere online at Sarah Rose Walks. Um, Sarah with an H.
3: Sarah with an H. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, we got Cheryl texting in. Was she inspired by the girl portrayed by Reese Witherspoon in Wild? No. I don't know if you've seen that movie.
1: I ha- you know what, I haven't actually seen it, but um, I, I was already set on walking and then the film came out, so I'd made the decision to walk and then it came out. Um, yeah, so no, I, I still haven't seen it, I guess, but um, but it was kind of cool that it came out around the same time.
3: Uh, you, you touched on this a bit earlier, but uh, du- uh, Doug texting in, you might have missed it. What was your average kilometer per day? Kilometers per day? Uh,
1: yeah, so it varied. I'd say near the beginning, I was probably walking somewhere in the 25 kilometer range and then near the end, somewhere in the 45 a day kilometer range. Okay. Um, that, felt, that felt normal and my body didn't hurt at the well, end. When what did you
3: do back. for your diet? uh like you must have to eat quite a bit
1: <laughs> yeah i ate a lot of a lot of trail mix um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and like yeah lots of dried fruit and things like that and then whatever i could get my hands on kind of passing through towns the the neat thing about the great trail in comparison to a lot of other distance tracks is it does pass through so many urban centers okay so it makes it easy to restock i didn't have to do food drops or anything like that
3: good okay yeah. uh this texter says what's the best life lesson you learn from your journey
1: Oh, Ooh, that's deep. Usually, yeah. trust
3: me. Usually, inside sports <laughs> textures aren't that deep. So, no, congratulations okay. to that person. <laughs>
1: that's cool. Um, I think, um, I think a couple. I think one is just. It's going to be really, really cliche, but just um, like slowing down and focusing on what I've got at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there were days that were really hard, and. I would try not look too far in the future or look at even like the whole day. It was kind of focusing really just on this step at a time sort of thing. And at the end of the day, if I had, you know, walked any distance at all, it was still farther than I'd been at, um, at the start. So
3: good, that was one, yeah. Good point. Uh, this texture says, after having been on the Great Trail and being in walking condition, having other people join you, were you frustrated with what I'm sure <laughs> would have been a much slower pace? Um, and did you all? And this text also says, did you sustain any injuries that held you up? Okay, so slow people, injuries, any frustrations <laughs> there?
1: Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, it was, yeah, it was a challenge in some ways for sure to have people come and slow my pace. I tried to not look at it, though, uh, as if it was a race, and I was trying to like really get to the end or anything. So I, I just kind of had to change the way I was. Looking at that time that I was walking with someone who maybe had a pace that was different than mine. Okay. Um, So I'd look at it as like spending time with them and still getting to be outside and still getting to um, do what I love um, and share it with them.
2: Um,
3: Okay. And so it was was just different. It was okay. Um, And no injuries? Like you mentioned, some of the body pain, but no actual injuries. Injuries?
1: No, I had no not not ones that I had to stop for an extended period of time. For I had had one day, I think, walking through Saskatchewan. my, my Achilles swelled up. It looked like I had a golf ball in the back of it.
3: Oh, that's nice.
1: Um, yeah, it was kind of gross. <laughs> um, so, um, so I had to I had to take, I think I took off about a week there, and went went and saw Physio in Saskatoon. Okay. Um, so things like that that would occasionally pop up.
3: Uh, this place. texture says, uh, What place in Canada was the friendliest, and oh. what was the most beautiful <laughs> in terms of scenery? Uh, well, Edmonton was clearly the friendliest, right? <laughs> yeah. So most beautiful in terms of scenery.
1: Most beautiful. Um... I I can't. No, eh? yeah, I can't I can't do that either. I mean there my some of my favorite camping spots um were in BC, obviously. but I I grew up with that, so it wasn't new necessarily. At the same time I'm kind of a part of Okay, let,
3: let me put that but, sorry to interrupt, but let me put that question this way, and I'm sorry we're getting short yeah, on time no, no, here for everybody. But were there parts of Canada there must have been parts where you're like, wow, I didn't realize this province or region mm, had this beauty.
1: Yes. Um I didn't know Uh, north of Superior would be kind of as it's so remote and Mm -hmm. so wild um, and I honestly like hadn't even really considered it (laughs) Um, but it was it was incredibly beautiful and I was walking on the highway for that for that section so um, in spite of that it was still something that caught me off guard and I thought was incredibly beautiful
3: all right well Sarah we're out of time thanks so much for coming in so again uh, Sarah Jackson so people just google that and it's (laughs) Sarah Rose walks yes that's is it dot com
1: um, you could uh, those sites were Word, a uh, wordpress site so it's wordpress.com or, okay uh, so just go they Instagram, could also yeah. just
3: put in sarah rose walks yeah okay thanks for coming in yeah I, I feel that. there are more stories to tell so maybe we're <laughs> gonna have to reconnect for another interview at all some cool. point or and if you do want another walking adventure you gotta let me know and we could get you on while you're out doing it all
1: right absolutely. that'd be pretty fun yeah definitely
3: Thank, be cool. thanks so much for coming in thanks to sarah you also heard tonight from Daryl Davis and Alan Watt who's with the Edmonton Eskimos Daryl Davis with CJME Radio in Regina we recap some of the speeches today from the Dave Semenko celebration of life. You can get more on that on 630Ched.com 16-9 BC leading Montreal halfway through the fourth quarter in the CFL. Blue Jays winning 7-3 over the Astros after 7. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. He's on his bye week. My name is Reed Wilkins. Back 6-8 to eight tomorrow. Stauffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. Always a pleasure bringing you the show. Have a great night.